What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch, and I'm your host today. Um, today's interview for me was especially valuable and interesting because I'm a new father, right? I have a daughter who is two and a half, and I have another daughter who is about six months old. Yeah, dad and two women below the age of three and one who's just about my age. So I am, I'm going to start working out a lot. To, to make sure that I can handle myself for these women. Um, but all of that aside, um, today's interview is with Lindsay Matthews, the owner and founder of BirthFit. And the reason why this interview is so interesting is because there's so many problems that women who had babies are dealing with when they come back to a fitness setting that nobody is paying any attention to. First of all, the fact that birth is an injury and that we don't have a standardization of rehab for that injury. Secondly, the emotions that come with that, right? You go back into the gym and you don't even know who you are anymore. A woman has a baby and all of a sudden she's supposed to go back into the gym and do what she used to do. She just had a major injury. And the likelihood of her having had successful rehab from that injury is extremely low because it doesn't really exist. So we talk about how coaches and athletes need to manage the new relationship that the athlete has with her own body and her own mind upon return to the gym. We talk about what it means when you're peeing, when you exercise. Is it normal to pee when you exercise? Is it ever really normal for an adult to pee their pants uncontrollably? The answer to that question is no. And the solution to it is something that uh, Lindsay talks about in this episode. I should really be calling her Dr. Matthews because she is a doctor of chiropractic and we cover that too. We cover the scope of a chiropractor and how somebody goes from learning how to, you know, snap necks and cash checks to being a women's health professional. This is a really cool episode and it's it's going to be one that for those of you guys who are looking for just straight up tactical, how do I become a savage? It's not necessarily for you. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, unless if you recognize that being a savage and being successful and being valuable to people means doing the things that you don't necessarily think you should do or should have to do, that are important, right? Like learning about what it's like for a woman to come back from pregnancy. Why is that important to you? Well, if you're a CrossFit coach or a fitness coach, you need to know how to relate to these people as they come back into your setting. If you're a person who's not a fitness professional, maybe you need to learn how to better empathize with someone who's going through something that you never understood. And maybe the person who you're doing a better job understanding now could be a connector to you, to somebody who can do something with or for you that you find extremely valuable right? There's nothing about this interview that is not valuable. You need to listen to it. Um, and women who have babies, in my opinion, just need to be held up at on like a freaking altar. They are incredible. Carrying a fetus around for almost 10 months, that nine month thing is nonsense. It's a 10 month process. And then delivering it and then making sure that it survives. Guys, for those of you who've never had babies or, you know, or had babies, but mom kind of took care of it. You need to understand how special the ability of a woman to be a mother is. Um, with that being said, please pause 
and head to iTunes and leave us a review. Head to Stitcher and leave us a review. Wherever you're listening to this, please leave us a review. More importantly, please share this episode with a friend or two of yours. The way that we are going to grow is through you. It's through your shares. We don't ask you guys to do very much on this podcast. We don't ask you to buy anything. We don't ask you to subscribe to anything, right? We make you aware of the things that we have to sell, the subscriptions that we have available, but very rarely do we ask you, please go subscribe to this. Please go buy this program, unless if we know that it's actually a service to you and not a sale to you, because we know that we can help you with those products. Now, I'm asking you to go A, subscribe to our podcast, Go to iTunes, push the subscribe button. Two, leave us a review, including a comment, so that someone else who's swiping through can read and say, cool, I want to learn more from these people too. And three, I would love for you to click that little share button and share the episodes that you enjoy on our show with your friends. We want to grow. We want to be in the top 100 podcasts in the world. And if you're enjoying what you're listening to, you want us to also, because we'll be able to do even more for you. No further ado, here comes Dr. Lindsay Matthews. All right. Welcome, Lindsay Matthews, to the Active Life Podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is great. It's my pleasure. And we were talking a little bit before we started, right? And I think I mentioned this in my emails too, but one of the reasons why I'm so interested in having you on today is because we get so many questions about women's health. And it's surprising, right? You would think like, why is somebody going to ask us when we're talking about performance metrics and overcoming pain and stuff like that, if it's normal to pee when you do a box jump? But we get <laughs> questions like that. And then the, when, when the answer is no, it's, it's, it's absolutely never normal to pee yourself as an adult. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it should never be accepted, right? The follow-up is, well, what do I do about it? And I say, I don't know. You, you send Lindsay a message and Hopefully she can help you um, because it's not yeah. our strength, right? Yeah. Um, but so I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience so that they can get a, a better feel than the one that I gave them during the intro about who you are and what you're about. Yeah. So my name is Lindsay Matthews. I am originally from Texas. I was born and raised in Texas and uh, I moved out to California in 2006 to attend chiropractic school. And I've been here ever since. Uh, I almost moved back uh, to Texas in 2009, I think that was. And that was the year, or shortly thereafter, I met Logan and fell in love. And now I'm stuck here for a little bit longer, I think. Um, He's a lovable yeah. dude, that Logan Gilbrick, huh? Yeah, big <laughs> <player there>. um, <laughs> I am a doctor of chiropractic. And um, I would like to say my journey in the healthcare field started more in the long, like lines of sports rehab. And, you know, if I back it up even further, I went to Texas A&M and studied pre-med. And my, um, my original goal was to be an orthopedic surgeon. But I took off a semester, studied abroad in Tanzania, Africa. And um, I realized that in that experience that I could not save the world by prescribing medication. Like that wasn't going to do it. You yeah, can't? So I know it's oh, not the man. answer. So if you're listening to this and you think antibiotics are the answer, then you might want to read a little more. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So I, I just had like a, you know, divine intervention at that point. And I called my stepdad from the only pay phone that I could find at the time. Cause there was no cell phones. Um, I had a calling card. Uh, and I said, I can't go to medical school. I don't know what I'm going to do, but let, I, I need to come home and figure it out. So I came home, I waited tables and I started shadowing a lot of like alternative healthcare professions. And, you know, at that time I grew up, I was in Texas, I was growing up in Texas and for me to shadow even a chiropractor or an acupuncturist or somebody like Ayurvedic medicine, it was like, oh my God, you're doing this hippy dippy stuff. Um, but I reconnected with a Cairo that had helped me uh, when I tore my ACL in high school. And, you know, I fell in love with chiropractic then. And I applied to be a, uh, applied to chiropractic school. I came out to California for chiropractic school. Was that, was that and, life? Is that where you went? No, I actually went to, it was called LACC at the time. Oh, okay. It's now called Southern California University of Health Sciences or. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy that if you if you just made a decision to go to the right, right? I mean, like like the go right book. If you just decided to go right instead of left yeah. and headed to New York for chiropractic school, we would have been in the same class. <laughs> it's <laughs> wild. And the only reason I chose California and the school in California was because I had never been to California before. Got it. Um, it was not based on the credibility of the school or anything like that. I just could not wait to explore more. Well, listen, you, you ain't never been, you ain't never been to Seneca Falls, New York before either. I bet. No. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the movie? Uh, it's a wonderful life. No, but I know exactly what you're talking about. The Christmas movie where the guy thinks about yeah. jumping off the bridge. Yeah. So, so that bridge is in Seneca Falls <laughs> and, and I thought about jumping off it a few times. <laughs> no it's cold, it's just huh? it's just it's cold it's gray like you get like 20 or 30 sunny days a year which makes it the perfect place to study and to be and to become <laughs> yeah. really fit so yeah. so those two things happen i could i would agree with that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so yeah. you know you said something interesting that I, and i want to get to women's health fairly quickly right because that's yeah. that's really what we're going to be talking about most of the time but you talked about how you tore your ACL and you went to a chiropractor and they helped you in a way that you didn't expect to be oh, helped. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because for most of the people listening, when they hear chiropractor, Lindsay Matthews is a chiropractor. Dr. Sean is a chiropractor. I thought he was a physical <laughs> therapist this whole time. What, is, what do you mean you're a chiropractor? How do you know anything yeah. about exercise? I don't think people understand the scope of what chiropractic yeah. is allowed and afforded to do. So how did, how did the chiropractor who you went to for your ACL shape your view? Yeah. It, you know, what's really crazy is the, I had an orthopedic surgeon that made me go see this chiropractor. So this orthopedic surgeon was ahead of his time. And, you know, my goal as a junior in high school, when I blew out my knee was to come back and go to college, play soccer in college and be, you know, get a scholarship, which was like the route I was headed. But when I blew out my knee, it was like, oh shit, now tables turned, life upside down. But when I, he made me go see this chiropractor and the chiropractor basically looked at my body as a whole. And, you know, we, yes, my knee was the, the issue, the problem, the, the thing we were fixing, but 
the orthopedic surgeon sent me to this guy to keep the rest of my body balanced, in check, healthy overall. And, you know, with the help of that chiropractor and a rolfer that the orthopedic surgeon sent me to, I probably had the best physical therapy rehab um, that I could have had in the first three months, you know, after surgery. That's which awesome. Is pretty wild. Yeah. So, um, so, so I just want to clear up for some people that the, the licensure of chiropractic is such that you can go into women's health. You can go into yeah. physical therapy essentially without being a physical therapist, right? We learn yeah, some rehab. of that. The thing, the thing is that our education in school is not going to be as in depth in the field of physical therapy as a physical therapist is. So we need to do more learning after school. But I kind of yeah. feel like that's an advantage and a disadvantage at the same time, because now you get to actually specialize without having to do it in some formatted structure. You get to go find the best practices for yourself. Totally. Yeah. So you can specialize in whatever it is you want to specialize in. And you know, the universe led me down the path of women's health, which was pretty cool. You mm -hmm. know, well, and I want to get to that in a second. I, I don't know. <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall for like your dinner conversations with Logan. I don't know how you guys <laughs> get any. You're, you're both such. I can already get the sense from you that you have so much like a philosophical level to you. At least yeah. it, it feels that way, and he yeah. absolutely does. And I, oh, for sure. But you're but you're both grounded in a way that you're able to get the tasks done and be successful and move towards that philosophy, which I think is so admirable and so cool. And I, I would just love to sit there and listen to you guys talk oh. to each other about what, <laughs> like, what, how was your day today? Oh, it was amazing. I'm moving towards this. And I'm like, how was your day today? It was good. I, I saw these patients. I made these changes and I don't know. It was yeah. great. So yeah. I find that really interesting and admirable. <laughs> Um, so tell me, how did you end up going from ACL tear with a chiropractor to, mm. and, and then you go to chiropractic school because you're influenced. Got it. Check yeah. that box. How do you become someone who specializes in women's health? Well, I'm a big, big believer that the universe has these paths for us. And, you know, after chiropractic school, I, well, throughout chiro school, like the last year I was interning with this doc and then I started working with him and it was still in the sports rehab world. And, um, you know, I was the only female working in this practice. There was four of us, there was three guys and me, the lone, lone wolf there. And by default, I would get women and their issues and anything that guys felt uncomfortable with, like, Oh shit, she's three months postpartum. And that, like, that's what she said. You know, she used the words postpartum or she used the words leaking or urinary incontinence or diastasis rectus. And, you know, guys, you know, this was probably like 2009, 2010, and guys would just freak out a little bit. Um, and we had a really awesome system going where one of us, two of us would be out on set or with a professional team or something at that time. And I really liked that to where we could be out of the country, out of the city for two weeks, come back, practice for two weeks, but nobody could do, or I mean, they could if they learned, but they weren't doing the, the women's health or supporting women like I was whenever I was in practice, like in the city. Well, do you, do you um, mind if I stop you there for a second and you remember where you're at no, in your story? Ahead. So I think that's a really important thing that you said or that you were, that you were, that you meant when, when it's, yeah. you know, it's not that other people couldn't do what you were doing. It's other people yeah. weren't choosing to learn how to do what you were doing the way that you were doing it to yeah. support your patient base. 
And the reason I think that's important is in any field, right? You're a CrossFit yeah. coach, you're a baseball coach, you're a track and field coach, you're a teacher in a school, you're a chiropractor, physical therapist, it doesn't matter. I think that too often people are graduating with their degree and being done, right? Yeah, they're set. Yeah, yeah. I know everything about everything. Yeah. And and that's, that's ineffective. So I think that there's probably a lot of people who missed out on opportunities that they could have had working with for around you at that time yeah. had, they, had they opened their minds to changing the way that they think oh yeah a hundred percent i feel like you know like you said earlier the our chiropractic i guess schooling the doctorate of chiropractic is based like i view it as a jumping off point like a starting point it's a generalist and, tool yeah totally and like I compare that to like my friends that were in medical school at the time or something else. And we do get more movement, biomechanics, rehab, nutrition, where they get pharmaceutical schooling, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's really interesting that like comparing the first four years of like med school, Cairo school, PT school, whatever. Um, But yeah, it's super generalist. And then from there is like where I, I didn't even realize like, oh, now we're going to explore, you know, educating women, empowering women, women's health, stuff like that. Um, So so I I didn't mean to cut you off, but I I want to make sure you get back on track for your story because it's it's interesting. Yeah. So I, I did. I traveled around working on set for about two and a half years. And I just, it, I realized that it wasn't fulfilling me. Like, why not? You know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, yeah. perceptively you had a lot of people's dream job already. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and like I was ma- making decent money, I was traveling, you know, to foreign countries. Um, but you know, at the, when I was on set, it was either like one or two or five actors or actresses at a time. And you know, I was getting people ready for their big event, whether that be like jumping through a window or off a building or wrecking a car or dancing, you know, I don't know. But um, I was getting them ready, then helping them recover and then do it all over again. And it's the same thing I would do. Like if I had a professional soccer player, we would get ready Friday night. We would do the game Saturday. We would recover Saturday night. And it, it was like, I had like, it was great. I, and the, that experience, all of that led me to, I guess, transfer a lot of what I learned over into the, the birth world and my care with women as they prepare for birth. But um, yeah, I wasn't in love with it. Like I, I remember <laughs> working on like probably like one of the biggest celebrities of our times and, you know, helping him get ready for a soccer game. And I was just like, you know, I would much rather be with a, like, uh, at a doula thing or, you know, reading about childbirth or something like, and I was like, wow, what is going on with me? Like, this is really like, you know, when you just fall out of love with something else and you fall in love with, you know, the, the other thing. And I realized at that time that the universe had like carved another fork in the road and that we were going to go down this, this path of exploring women's health. And, you know, I had done doula training because women had come to me and asked me about childbirth and I haven't had kids. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about this, but let me, let me research some stuff. Um, so I did doula training. I did 
um, ICA childbirth educator training, hypnobirthing, sacred pregnancy, anything with like the words birth, prenatal, postpartum, I did like the ICPA diplomat course. Um, and so I just found myself like in my spare time, that was all I was reading, all I was like researching. And it wasn't like I was over shoulder injuries. I was over mm-hmm. knee injuries, but, um, do, you, know, do, do, you, yeah, fi- do you find it, um, more difficult to connect with moms or expecting moms because you aren't one? Is that, is that something you have to overcome? No, you know what? I think, um, in the beginning, I, I just had a conversation, um, with one of my regional directors about this because she's not a mom either. And I, in the beginning, I felt very insecure about that, but that's, you know, one of those things where it's like getting out of your own way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do believe like all my life experiences, like if you were to ask some of my regional directors or even Logan or somebody, they'll tell you like, I've led nine lives, a thousand lives, different experiences, different parts of the world, et cetera. But I do think out of, you know, some of those dark experiences, some of those high experiences, like all of them have prepared me to be in a room with mom supporting a woman. And I had this woman at one of my early doula trainings, um, who was in her sixties and, you know, we connected and I asked her, you know, if she had ever had kids because it didn't seem like she had. And she was like, actually, no, but um, this is the work that I'm called to do. And, uh, you know, that really resonated with me. And, you know, I've, the, the thrill, the excitement that I get from being in a room with a couple or a mom whenever they're birthing, whether it's a cesarean birth or a vaginal birth or they're at their house, that's the high that, you know, I used to get whenever I would play soccer or shoot a soccer goal, um, make a goal there. But, um, yeah, I used to, in the beginning, get a bit insecure about it, but now it's like, if, if that's going to come between us connecting and me helping you find your inner power, which is ultimately what I do is like, we start to dig deep, find out who this woman really is down inside, because that's not going to change who you are during labor and delivery. Then, you know, if that, is if that comes in between us, then I can refer somebody else, you know, and I'm not going to, there's no sweat off my back there. I love that. Yeah. And and, and so, so, um, you know, so, so so how do you, how do you even start? Right. I mean, like what, what is birth fit? Let's, let's, I want you to explain to people, please, what the service of birth fit is, because I think that there's a lot of people out there, women, Right. And, and men who need to learn, but women, especially who need to who need to know what's acceptable for themselves and have a standard to hold themselves to, if you will, totally in, in gyms uh, and in sports and in life. Um, and I don't think that they know where to go. I don't think they know yeah. how to find, you know, they go online, they look up diastasis recti exercises and it's like that, that's yeah. that's the wrong that's the wrong Google <laughs> search, you know, but yeah. Um, I would love for you to explain kind of how holistically BirthFit can, the mission, right? What's the mission? Yes. So within BirthFit, our goal is to cultivate awareness, bring education, empower women. And we do this through embracing four pillars, fitness, nutrition, chiropractic, and mindset. 
We want women to be ready for the unknown. And in that case, our unknown is the birth experience. We don't know what birth is going to bring. And, you know, if you're, if you've never experienced being in a birth setting or witnessing birth or anything like that, you might assume that birth is just another one of these things where you check the boxes and then you get the outcome that you feel like you deserve or you want or something like that. When I like literally last night I met with um, this, this mama and um, we were talking about birth and, you know, she's postpartum now. And we had to laugh because one in the birth scene birth experience one plus one does not equal two and we had agreed that one plus one equals purple like it's (laughs) it's never linear and it's never what we expect but if we can embrace like a growth mindset the obstacle is the way mindset if we can embrace the journey practice an awareness lifestyle practice an awareness mindset practice then we start to be more present in who we are as a person, who we are in our day-to-day actions, like what we speak, how we act, how we, you know, interact with our environment. And, you know, that, that, that goes a long way. And, you know, come birth experience, birth scene, then we're not, we're really clear on who we are and we're not scared or feared into decisions and oftentimes in the birth world, those decisions that we are scared into making or that we've made based on fear, those are often the decisions that we felt like we were taken advantage of, that we feel felt like that, you know, we regret those decisions. Um, so one of our biggest thing is, you know, to like slow down, slow is fast and to make decisions out of love instead of fear. But yeah, we embrace four pillars, fitness, nutrition, chiropractic, and mindset. And, you know, each of these four pillars vary in different degrees for each person. And, you know, what my strength and conditioning training may look like may be different compared to my sister or my girlfriend or whoever is next to me. And then like my awareness practice, like my mindset, that may be 20 minutes a day starting in the morning for myself where somebody else they're like, I can't sit still for 20 minutes. So maybe it's, you know, 10 minute walk where they really connect with how their foot touches the ground and comes up off the ground. Like they pick one thing to think about. So, so are you then yeah. taking women from, um, pre, you know, even before thinking about having a baby to their pregnancy yeah. to post-pregnancy and then beyond, or is it mm-hmm. like, are you helping people get into the rooms with people? How, how, how does, yeah. What, what is the, what is the scope? Yeah. So our like niche of women, our niche of women is that from conception. So fully pregnant to the end of the first year of life. Um, that's what we had agreed on, you know, five years ago, but more and more women are starting to come to us more And this happens before pregnancy, like three months prior to conception or a year. You know, if I could say two years from now, the ultimate goal would that women and their families start thinking about conceiving at least a year prior. Like that would be really freaking awesome. What what about more than a year out after? Yeah. After. 
Yeah. Right. So, so, okay. Because, because there, there's, and pardon my language, but there, there's this, this bullshit misnomer that six weeks after you have a baby, you're a woman again and you feel the way you're supposed to feel. Right. I mean, no. my wife has no. had two kids and the first time through it was like, well, in six weeks, this will be back to normal. And it was like, yeah, more yeah. like, more like a year and a half. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that had yeah. she, had she known it wasn't going to happen in six weeks, it probably would have happened faster. Because now you're left yeah. in this area of uncertainty where it's, you know, I had a kid six weeks ago. I'm supposed to feel great now. I don't. Yeah. Am I ever going to feel great? And now six months later, you're like, is this the best I'm ever going to feel? Is this what yeah. it is? Is this motherhood? And, and it's not, I mean, I remember we went through this stuff. And it's not until yeah. a full year and a half or so after that the mindset was back to where the mindset kind of needed to be the body felt like the body was supposed to feel and you know she was confident in attacking the world and then boom pregnant again <laughs> yeah then you're going through this all over again right no it is like we have it backwards in our country in our society and you know we view pregnancy as this fragile state which you know i kind of see as it's starting to change um which is kind of like hopefully going in that direction but we view pregnancy as this fragile state and we view postpartum as okay we got to bounce back or right. let's get our pre-baby body back and it should be the exact opposite like it should be thought of like these pregnant women are the ultimate expression of health you know they're carrying they're creating their supporting an extra life so they're like the optimal version of themselves or they would not be pregnant, you know? Um, and that's like the biology nerd in me talking, but, um, well, I, I think, I think there, I want to push you on that a little bit because there, yeah. there, there are people who are not healthy objectively before they get pregnant. Totally. And you know, that looking at that, that still amazes me. Like, um, I see the, the human body is like, fantastic it's resilient it can last and logan and i used to live on this street in venice and i don't know why this just popped in my head but i think because i saw this guy the other day and this guy like in venice you come across some sketchy people <laughs> um this guy was a, he's a drug addict and every morning we would see him walking down the street just rail thin trying to get his fix and I drove past him the other day. I'm like, how is this guy still alive? But the human body is freaking fantastic. And it's, you know, it's ultimate goal is survival, you know, and, um, you know, for us as humans, obviously to reproduce and thrive and, you know, mm -hmm. go on. But um, yeah, that, <laughs> that just reminded me of that, which is crazy. But yeah, most of the women, I would say, they're, in an ultimate state of health. And by the time they're at that in like the end part of pregnancy, their body, their physiology, everything's adapted. So it's even hard for them to break a sweat because everything's gotten so efficient within their body. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, the shape of them is what's changed. And I was talking to somebody about this last week and they're like, yeah, I'm pregnant and I feel weird, but that's just, that's the only description I can say. Like my body feels weird. I don't recognize it in the mirror, but I'm still, you know, lifting pretty heavy. I'm still moving and, you know, their training looks great. But, um, 
you know, on the postpartum side of things, we've lost all respect for the postpartum period. And, you know, there's no standard of care, whether you go to a Cairo or a PT or even a midwife or an OB-GYN, like it's that magical six week mark and okay, you're cleared for exercise, you're cleared for sex, you're cleared for everything. And mom's sitting there going, you know, she may not even say it, but she's like, no, like, I don't even know who I am in this body. Like, mm-hmm. this does not feel cleared for anything. Well, and, and now I know husband, husband is expecting sex. Yeah. Co- coach is expecting yeah. effort. Yeah. Employer is expecting return to full capacity. Yeah. And it's Come like, back to work. Yeah. And it's like, what, what are you people thinking that this is? Yeah. And I was one of them. You know, I'm like six yeah. weeks in. I'm like, all right, babe, where's the coconut oil? You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, totally. but that's not how it works. No. And it's, you know, it's nothing like you're not in the wrong for thinking that people are like doctors aren't in the wrong for thinking that because that's what we've been taught, you know, and it <clears throat> goes back to, okay, if we're going to change this, we have to change what we're taught in school. We have to change the institutions. We have to change Basically, there's got to be a paradigm shift in the whole way we view pregnancy and birth in America. And, you know, one of the things we teach at our birth fit coach seminars and the birth fit professional seminars is that we have to honor the postpartum period. And those first two weeks have got to be lying in there. That's co-regulation. That's where baby starts their systems and starts to get to know like mom and dad and what they smell like and this whole new crazy world, this dimension that they entered. And it's, it's a lot for the little human to take in. Um, And then, you know, the four to six weeks, like mom may feel great around three or four weeks. And so she may start doing more. She may start doing more chores around the house. She may go for a walk and then all of a sudden bleeding increases or, you know, it comes back when it disappeared. And then mom thinks something's wrong with her. And it's like, no, you're still healing from the inside out. Like on average, it takes around 280 days for soft tissue to heal. So like that's almost the length of a pregnancy. And 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 nobody nobody communicates that. And that's average, right? So that means that half of the people take longer than that. And that's probably the average for a healthy birth, (laughs) right? I mean, I I imagine that there are people, you know, there's prolapse, there's all these other things that happen during birth. There's, you know, soft tissue to recover. Well, that doesn't account for having somebody cut you you know there's there's yeah there's other that was the most fucked up sound i've ever heard but yeah (laughs) but 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 either way um it's it's just wild to me that that the education seems just so backwards it's it's kind of like graduating chiropractic school and thinking that you're ready to take on the world it's, it's yeah. the same idea. It's like, no, six weeks later, maybe, maybe you can pull out a journal and start writing down some of the things that you want to accomplish in the next 10 months and the mm-hmm. action steps to get there. But realistically, people need to stop expect. And, and it's not a weakness thing. It's a strength thing. Yeah. People need to stop expecting women who have babies to move on and become this equal or better version of themselves six weeks later and to catch up on everything that they missed in the last six weeks. It's like, no, no, no. They're strong enough to have had this kid manage this, this baby. Let mm-hmm. them, let them, let them utilize that strength and stop pushing yeah, give them. them space. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. so I want to get to some, I'm sorry. I went off a little bit on a soapbox there, <laughs> but I want to get to some really tactical things that I know 
women are dealing with and the yeah. coaches are hearing about and they're just like, uh, I don't know, go to the, you know, I don't know. Right. I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you peed on the box. Please clean that. It's like you need yeah. to, you need to say something other than go get a towel. So, yeah. so let's start there. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of women now who have a baby come back to the gym start doing double unders or jumping up on a box or they're squatting heavy or whatever the case might be. And all of a sudden there's a pile of piss underneath them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and you're the expert more so than I am on this subject matter, but I don't think that that's a normal thing that people should accept. You're absolutely right in that. So, um, awesome. Yeah. Dang, score one for the good guys. So yeah. it's that time of year, guys. It's the holidays. And we want to give back to you a little bit. So we appreciate so much the time that you spend listening to our podcast when you have literally thousands of other options out there. So we're going to do a little give back this holiday season from now until the end of the year. That's from now until January 1, 2018. We're giving first-time Active Life customers the opportunity to get anything that they want. That's an enhanced assessment, a bulletproof program, the coach program, one-on-one coaching. Your first month is going to be 5-0, off if you use the code PODCAST at checkout. I'm going to repeat myself so that you guys don't think you misheard. If you use the code PODCAST at checkout on our website, that's performancecarerx.com, you can get our Bulletproof programs, our coach program, or one-on-one coaching, or one of our assessments for 50% off of your first month. For those of you out there who are listening and you're like, well, I'm already a member, what, what about me? We got you too. Don't you worry about it. But your stuff is coming out a little bit later. For now, we're talking to the newbies. If you're already a member, make sure you tell your friends who've been thinking about it. Use the code podcast at checkout for 50% off your first month. I don't know if we're ever going to do this again, but we're going to see how this one goes. But so, so why is it happening and what can people do about it? Yeah, what the heck? Um, so I like to, when women come in and say this to me, I like to tell them, hey, this is common, but it's not normal. Mm-hmm. You may see this all over your gym or all over videos, Instagram, whatever. But this is not normal. This is a symptom of core dysfunction. So we're... Where we're lacking, I think, is, you know, core and pelvic floor health. And our country, honestly, doesn't do a very good job of it. And like when I started going down the rabbit hole of research for this, um, I couldn't find anything I liked in America. Even like the stuff I was taught in chiropractic school skimmed over the surface. Um, It wasn't until I was exposed to Dr. Craig Liebenson or... um, you know, from him, I was exposed to the Prague School of Rehab, which teaches DNS. Um, and that's where I was like, okay, now, now we're starting to talk about the money deal here. Like, I was exposed to things that were in the Pilates world, or like the old PT way of thinking of, like, 
zipping up your belly button, get your belly button to your spine, bring your pelvic floor up or contract your pelvic floor, like by doing a Kegel. And, you know, that just isolates muscles within the system. And, you know, our whole system operates together. Yeah, so doing bicep curls to get better to pull up. Exactly. Yeah. So when I found DNS and I started taking their courses. DNS is, is an acronym for what? Yeah. Dynamic neuromuscular stabilization or stability. Okay. Yeah. And this, <clears throat> this was my, like, this was my aha of, okay, our breath literally connects us, the physical and the non-physical. And for me, like I had done some research into the polyvagal theory and I was geeking out on breath and how you, you use it in birth and, you know, how if we can downregulate our system, meaning like, for instance, like let's just slow our exhales, then we can slow our whole autonomic nervous system. And then we're back into this place of health, growth, or restoration. And that is a place where we're relaxed and we can actually give birth from, because we're not going to give birth if we're in this like fight or flight mode and scared and, you know, oh shit, like mm-hmm. something's happening. But what about but what about when they're back in the gym and they're peeing on a box? Yeah. So then I back it up. And for us, this is the whole reason we have the BirthFit postpartum program online or the BirthFit postpartum series in person is because it starts with connecting back to your breath. And it starts with being able to use your diaphragm to breathe. And when breath happens in this way the diaphragm expands and moves down and the pelvic floor moves with it and expands eccentrically and moves apart moves down and then they kind of move in this harmonic way together so that's part one of core stabilization part two would be being able to use all the intersegmental spinal musculature and systems and all the soft tissue around to create the intra-abdominal pressure for a certain task. So when I see women that come into the gym and, or they come into the office and, you know, they have leaky bladder issues or hip pain or any kind of, mostly anything in the first three to six months postpartum that, is a symptom, I'm thinking, okay, there's core and pelvic floor dysfunction somewhere. So usually women with urinary incontinence, they may have something like a hypertonic pelvic floor. So too tight pelvic floor. Um, They also may be chest breathers. They also may have um, overactive erectors going on. And, you know, there's no posterior chain action that's happening there. They may be one that cannot stack their rib cage on top of their pelvis to find spinal neutral. Um, So we back it up. We start with breath. We start with strength and stabilization. And maybe around the 10, 12, 14 week mark postpartum. So this is like three months postpartum. Then we'll start to add back in um, conditioning or dynamic stuff like box jumps or burpees or lifting. Um, and that's super lightweight, um, or running, running's a big one. And I think women go into like the postpartum exercise world with this desire of, Oh, I got to do cardio because I have to lose the baby weight. And it's like, 
no, that don't go that route. Go, let's start with stabilization and regrounding and recalibrating ourselves, you know, because birth is trauma, whether you viewed the experience as good or bad or anything in between, it's trauma to the body. And in, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an injury. Yeah, and, and it's it in, in a positive sense in a lot of ways, right? But yeah. but it's it's a legitimate injury. If if a football player had a birth, right, they wouldn't be on the two to three week week to week. He'll be back soon. No. It's out for the season. Yeah, like right? when I blew my ACL out, I was out for nine to twelve months minimum. Like mm-hmm. that's what my doctor kept telling me. And what was crazy to me was I knew exactly what I was doing after surgery. You know, I knew what I was doing day one, day two, by week two, mm-hmm. these are my goals, by week four. And that was not anywhere in the postpartum world. You know, there's nothing like that out there. So for me, I was like, what? Like, there's there's no rehab. There's no recovery for women, right. whether it's a cesarean birth, which isn't the number one major abdominal surgery or vaginal birth. Like, there's there's nothing out there for women. It's like... Good luck. Ease back into exercise. We'll see you at six weeks. It's wild. (laughs) When you put it that way, I never really thought about it that way. Like there should be a rehab program. You have a baby. There there should be a rehab program. And I imagine that that's what BirthFit is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But but it's mind-blowing that that doesn't exist. So so, so now let's talk about the woman who – because the majority of people who are listening to this uh, either know somebody or are somebody who had a baby more than three months ago. So if I'm three or four – 10 years postpartum and I'm still peeing myself and I'm jumping up and down. Is it the same sequence? Do I go back to the breath? Then do I go back to the intrinsic spinal musculature? Then do I go to integration? Is it the same idea? Yeah, totally. Um, which is also a lot harder mindset wise. Like mm-hmm. it's because you're very, there. Yeah. You're already two, four, five years out postpartum and you're like, you start shooting all over yourself like, Oh, I should be here or she's there. I should be doing that, you know, and there's all these comparisons going on, but yeah, we almost have to like back it all the way up, reset, restart, recalibrate and take load away, take intensity away, and then start to add that slowly back in, excuse me, to see where the threshold is. Mm -hmm. And maybe, sorry, maybe you do, two to four weeks of, you know, rehab stuff, you know, postpartum program, working with um, a woman's health doc. And then you start to add intensity back in or load back in because it may be load or it may be intensity that triggers you. It may be emotional. It may be stress. Mm -hmm. All of that is related. And it's like different people have different triggers or different things that, okay, I've reached my threshold, you know, two miles into my run, that's when I notice I got to pee. So then stop before that, reset, walk for five minutes, belly breathe, try running again. If you feel that coming on again, then stop, wait a day or two, and then let's try again, you know? Yeah, that's a really Um, good tactical piece of advice there. And and the other thing too is I know the mindset of the listener, right? We we have a very smart and, and engaged audience where, where they hear something, they learn something, they want to go ahead and adapt it and try it for themselves. Yeah. So so that was definitely helpful for them. And, and one of the things I want to caution people listening to this about, though, is you didn't put together, Lindsay, a program on the seat of your pants, 
right? But no. any but anybody who goes out and starts doing this stuff is doing it by the seat of their pants. You don't have a plan. You're guessing, yeah. and, and and that's okay. But but if guessing isn't working in the first two weeks of you playing the guessing game, the next question is typically, where can I find information on this? And and yeah. do it for free. And sometimes free is actually more expensive than getting on a program. So, oh, 100%. So I know that you didn't ask me to, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell people <laughs> if you're if you're in this boat, if you want to dabble for a week, two weeks, three weeks, fine, go for it. But as soon as you see that you're not making progress that you can measure, just jump on the BirthFit postpartum program. There's no reason yeah. to, you're spinning your wheels otherwise. So Yeah, it's funny you say that because, yeah, I would get outside eyes. I would get somebody, a program, something else rather than, you trying to diagnose yourself, you know, well, um, you, I'm sure you get the same messages in your inbox, just different ones than I do. Right. I mean, you're, you're getting the, yeah. Hey, I pee when I walk or I, I'm bleeding mm-hmm. a little bit and I didn't think I'm supposed to, what do I do? And it's like, you'd get yeah. on the program that I designed to solve your problem. I, I, would, yeah. I would give it to you for free. If there was a deliverable system where you would value it, be compliant with it and get the results that you want for free. Yeah. That doesn't exist. So here it is. Totally. Um, and and oh. like the in-person experience, I would say, is just as valuable. Um, we have a ton of like birth fit coach seminars happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say that being at, in our presence or like whoever's leading the seminar, they're able to get hands on with you, you know. And just in the last seminar we did in Chicago, they there was like four different examples of diastasis, the ab separation going on. There was somebody pregnant, somebody postpartum, somebody two years postpartum. I think somebody early on in their pregnancy who didn't have a belly, but you could see the diastasis happening. So So I I want to tell people what diastasis before you go further. So a diastasis or diastasis, however you decide to pronounce it, potato, potato, is is essentially where if you, if you look at somebody's six pack, right, they got these sick abs, you can see every muscle in their belly. The, the vertical line will actually split in half, right? Mm -hmm. For, for, for lack of a more simple definition that, that splits. And it's, it's, it's almost a hernia for the same kind of, if you understand what hernia is. And and now essentially every time you would do a forward folding movement where you're flexing the torso, like a zipped fly that you're squeezing end to end, it's going to widen. And that widening Mm -hmm. becomes painful. Pressure on it is painful. So carrying a baby with a diastasis is you're separating that, that, that ligament that becomes more and more painful or excuse me, I said ligament, I should have said tendon that becomes more and more painful, but that, that is what a diastasis is. So now I'm sorry. Carry on, Lindsay. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, and this is like DRA, diastasis, like super hot topic or trending word in the prenatal postpartum world like the last two years. But when I started down this route, like in, let's say, 2009, nobody knew anything about it. And when, that's where I started getting exposed to DNS because they were the only ones talking about it. Um, and like at that time, the stuff I found online and you know, the online programs, I was just like, these, these are like exercises for DRA and they don't work. Mm -hmm. Um, I had women that would come to me like a year and a half postpartum saying, Oh, I did this thing online and it didn't work or now I'm here. But DRA is also another symptom of core dysfunction, pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, it can happen in males, females, 
pregnant, not pregnant. Um, like, in fact, I have a, a 50-year-old male with it right now. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. But so is there a solution for it? Right. I mean, yeah, it, it's so, everything, everything you read says it's permanent. It's yours. If it heals, it's going to be really slow and it might not. Uh, the only solution is surgery and surgery is then going to potentially limit your range of motion, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So what do we do? So here's, I'm going to tell you something that may blow everybody's mind is we are actually born with diastasis rectus abdominis. We are born as humans with an ab separation and we heal that or approximates somewhere between five, six months of age and nine months of age. So if you think about this and think about developmental kinesiology and the milestones that humans go through, this happens as we start to roll over and gain ipsilateral stabilization. And then we start to roll over and crawl. And then we start to activate our cross body sling. So the opposite arm, opposite leg. So when people come to me and they're like totally freaked out, I have four finger ab separation Mm -hmm. or two finger. I'm like, the good news is you've already healed this once in your life. So muscle memory is huge, but um, yeah, the sooner like there's an awareness around DRA. So if we notice any coning during pregnancy, like whether it be with things like ring rows or push-ups or pull-ups or really anything. If there's any coning, then we stop and we look at the movement. We see if we can improve any kind of posture or position. Coning, we, coning being like a pop-through, correct? Yeah, and it's usually lengthwise, like from the bottom of the rib cage to about the top of the belly button is really the most common area mm-hmm. that you'll see coning. And it's usually maybe like an inch or two inches wide, depending on the woman. Um, but if we see that, like a really common place to start to see that when a mom has a belly is pull-ups. And if she has that, then I have her hop off the rig. I say, Hey, did you notice this? And sometimes they they say yes. Sometimes they say no. And I say, well, let's redo this. Let's think about breathing in, exhaling, creating that expansion, that 360-degree expansion all the way around to find that intra-abdominal pressure and see if it changes. And so maybe she hops back up on the pull-up bar or does ring rows, and she's able to maintain that intra-abdominal pressure and complete the movement. Great. So then we're slowing down the process of completing those movements or those reps so that she can be intentional with the posture, the breath, the intra-abdominal pressure. But I got to get 21-15-9 done. I know. So (laughs) intention is everything. But if she were to hop back up there or do ring rows, and she's trying to create this intra-abdominal pressure and trying to maintain spinal neutral, and they're still coning there, then we would go to a lesser version of that movement. So if she still has that on pull-ups, then... Pull-ups, you know, maybe we're at 30 weeks. Pull-ups might be out for the rest of the time. Let's go to ring rows or standing banded rows. So it's going back down the progression. You're you're describing modifications for somebody who's dealing with it and Mm -hmm. and how they can essentially not make it worse while they exercise. Yeah, during pregnancy. Right. So now we're talking – I want to talk about somebody who's two years postpartum or or three years, whatever the case might be. Um, And they're still dealing with this this gap in their – and their abdomen, how do they close it? Yeah. So we have, ideally they start working with us like 
postpartum immediately. But this is actually really common. Um, Dr. Erica Boland, who's birthed at Wisconsin, and she's basically done all the Prague School of Rehab training. Like DNS has for professionals, whether you're a Cairo or a PT or whatever, for professionals, they have courses A, B, C through D, and she's completed all of those. Um, she's come up with something we call the functional progression within birth fit. And this is designed, this is a movement series designed based on human movement for the first year of life. And we do this within that first year postpartum too, because A, we're reconnecting with our breath. We're reconnecting with stabilization starting in the sagittal plane. We're learning how to roll over again and stabilize. We're learning how to crawl again. We're learning how to basically do all types of motor patterns. And, you know, the post, the immediate postpartum is a brilliant time to actually recalibrate and reset movement patterns, especially while relaxing, still circulating within your body. But if a woman comes and she's like two years postpartum, hey, I still have two finger, three finger separation, then we would do the same thing as we would do with somebody that shows up with urinary incontinence back it up. Okay. Where's, where can, where do we find ground zero, the reset button? And it may be with her learning how to breathe again. And it may, you know, start with functional progression one, two, three, and four mastering that, but also recreating that intra-abdominal pressure in each of those body weight movements. And then eventually we would add load or intensity and see how she responds from there. So what I think I'm learning is that this is more of a complex answer than than a simple <laughs> one. It's, it's not like, oh, you're going to spend an hour a week crawling. You're not going to do, you know, it's, it, it, we're not doing baby fit workouts where you're doing yeah. 10, 10 rolls from belly to right, then 10 rolls from belly to left, four sets, rest 45 seconds between sets. It's, it's not going to work like that. Right. There's no quick fix. And if you're like what um, we've seen where women have the biggest issue is like what you just said, if they're just doing the reps to check the box and there's no intention behind it, or there's no breath awareness or intra-abdominal pressure awareness, then they might as well not do the reps. Well, I'm not yeah. even saying without intention. I'm saying a woman comes to my office and says, I have a diastasis and I have low back pain. And what I often find with people who have diastasis and low back pain is that they're what we call extension intolerant. What, mm-hmm. you know, what, often, what often that means is that those people have learned through pregnancy to brace their spine in extension because they're carrying the baby out in front. So they sway back to keep their center mm-hmm. of mass over their feet. Now, once the baby's out, they still want to sway back because it's where they're comfortable. It's where they develop musculature. But the problem is that's not efficient. That's not effective. Now, the way to combat that with a normal person is like the program that we put together with Bulletproof Back, where it's basically, you know, hollow body holds, uh, (laughs) crawling positions, um, you know, posterior pelvic tilts. All kinds of varieties of things that for somebody experiencing diastasis – are not good, right? I mean, the at, crawling, at least crawling, the, the crawling is, but yeah. but our the intensity and the the frequency with which we do what we do, you would essentially be taking out eighty percent of our program, <laughs> and 
And maybe, it's just not going to be effective. Maybe no, no on the hollow holds for now. <laughs> right. No on the hollow holds. We're not going to have you doing V ups. Yeah. That's not advisable. No. We're not, prog- <laughs> you know, we're not yeah. progressing to any of that. Yeah. So, you know, I, what I was looking for, and then I'm, I'm, I'm realizing maybe it's not a reality is what do I do with that person? <laughs> You know, I mean, I know how to help their back. It just takes yeah. me longer. But how do I help? You know, the next complaint is, hey, I have a fist size hole in my stomach. What do I do about that? And sometimes it's surgery, but other times it's not. Yeah, it's, you know, often t- like we've seen awesome, we call them miracle cases where women with like three or four finger separation have been able to reconnect with their breath and embrace the functional progression and, you know, they do have to come into our offices like once a week for let's say three to six months um, to see change like that happen. So it is a long, I would say healing process, but the sooner you can start that in the postpartum period, the sooner things are going to come back together and be restored. So Uh, asking you then from a selfish perspective as a practitioner or even as a coach, because this is not outside the scope of a coach who understands is there, where, where would I go? Do you have a resource for me to come learn how to do this? Yeah, I would tell you or any coaches say, take the birth fit coach seminar. Um, because you'll learn the functional progression. You'll learn what intra-abdominal pressure feels like. And as a practitioner or a coach, if you recognize that somebody is like a chest breather or like hyperventilating almost, but if mom's coming in and she's a year postpartum and she's raising her traps when she breathes rather than breathing into her belly, you can do so much to help her by just bringing awareness to that. And that's like a solid start. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot yeah. of people, not even just moms, you can help people with that. We did a, yeah, we did a podcast a month and a half or so ago with Dr. Belisa Vranich. And she's, yeah. have you ever heard of her before? Heard of her. I don't know a lot of her stuff, but. She's interesting. I mean, yeah. she, she put yeah. me through the ringer on the podcast, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting on the breath. But so after, let, let's just say I take the coach's seminar, right? I convince yeah. you to do one in New York so that I don't have to be too, too little of a hermit. I can stay relatively close to home. But so I do the seminar. Is there an online resource thereafter? Yeah. So we have a private Facebook group for coaches. We have a private Facebook <clears throat> group for professionals. Um, we're actually building out more resources for coaches and professionals to take advantage of. Um, like, you know, like supplemental videos, things like that. Um, but our, our community within each of those Facebook groups, they've been awesome. And, you know, the questions and the videos that have been posted and let's say the research articles, they're solid and people want to learn more and they're realizing like what's out there may not be the best information. You know, um, it may be like these, like the, the birth period or like the section around birth is the most people try to sell mom and parents on so much shit it's like you've got to have this for your baby you got to have this for your body yeah (laughs) it's like it's uh it's a big marketing time for for businesses but yeah i would say the facebook group's pretty awesome so do you have you guys ever and this is just a a blank question blanket question have you ever thought to take all the information that you teach at the workshop put it into video format and just let it live in those Facebook groups. I'm only asking because I know that when yeah. I go to a workshop, I'm like a, what's the high order information I need to know? Let yeah. me know what, what's, what's the objective. And when I leave, I know that the average person is losing 82% of what they learned. I'm probably losing more 
but I have a really <laughs> firm grasp on the 10% I retain. Like I know yeah. that. But so my my question, I guess, is how do I get that 90% back in? Yeah, so all of our movement videos are free. They're on YouTube. Um, we have a ton of, <clears throat> I would say, webinars. We call them webinars. They're like, you know, hour-long mm-hmm. talks, two-hour talks. Those are all free. They live on the on the YouTube page. So there's a BirthFit YouTube? Yeah. Is it youtube.com slash BirthFit? Yeah. Awesome. Um, and the functional progression is on there. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, we are going to videotape or be recording part of the seminar, um, in San Francisco and Houston. So parts of it will definitely go on the interwebs in the near future. Cool. And if yeah. people, if people want to find a workshop, where do they go to say, okay, cause I mean, I'm interested every time I talk to somebody who is an educator who has workshops, I'm like, I, I want to go. So where where, yeah. where do they find out where those are? Yeah, so birthfit.com, we have an education tab. And under the education tab, you can find the online programming. You can find consultations. You can find seminars. You can find webinars. Got it. Um, all of that there. Awesome. But yeah, yeah, there's tons of resources. So there's one more topic on my list that I have to ask you about um, yeah. before we get to kind of the closing here. And that is... What you're doing in a, in a in an immediate and in a long-term ongoing effort to explain and help women manage the emotion of re-entering the gym, and if there's any conversation that you um, foster between those women and their coaches, because I feel like there's mm-hmm. a whole level of what you're doing that the guy who coaches class at 6 a.m. and is single and doesn't have any ambition of kids in the next five or six years, he needs to know, you know, because it's, you don't need to understand that, you know, dilation goes to 10 centimeters. You don't need to know that. You don't need to know what effacement means that that is not the job of a coach, but the coach needs to at least be able to on a mild level empathize with the woman who's returning to the gym where the motivation Mm -hmm. he gives her maybe is different than what it was before. It's not anymore. You can yeah. squat to depth. Maybe her depth now is 20 inches until everything heals up. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. do, you, do you have anything that you do? I know you said one of your four pillars is mindset. How do you tactically, tactile, is that the word? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a great word. Yeah. How, how do you use, ta- what tactics do you provide these women to, to attack mindset? Yeah, that's, that's a good one because very, oh, I would say, a lot of the times women are dealing with a loss of identity and they have to go through this grieving process as well, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's normal. Like it's okay to be sad and to like mourn this chapter of your life. That's closing. Um, We like to tell women they're never going to get their pre baby body back. That is, that is a pre baby body. Like, that will never be here. But what we're going to get is a more evolved, better version of yourself. And that may come at 12 months. That may come at two years postpartum. But we start to embrace this thing we call the queen in training. And with this queen in training mindset, we are working with the body we have today. We are showing ourselves grace. We are showing grace to other women. We are supporting and lifting up other women. And Throughout this whole, you know, first year postpartum, 
one of our favorite mantras is slow is fast because that ultimately is slow is fast because if you don't if you do something too fast and you neglect the intention of it then you might actually have to start over again you know um and then fast is slow yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we embrace this thing called the queen in training and there's a video on that on youtube and you know at the seminar we do a little a little i guess mindset exercise into like you know how can you be in action around this today and you know one of the hardest things for women postpartum is that they they're in this weird body this new body that they can't that they're having a hard time identifying with and they want to feel sexy again they want to feel powerful they want to feel all these other adjectives and it's like okay we look for how, what is it you want to feel. If you want to feel powerful, let's find the things that make you feel powerful. And so if you want to relate this to a gym, maybe the barbell or the sled or something makes her feel powerful. You know, so allow her to get her hands on pushing a sled or holding a barbell, but be mindful of the load that's on that sled or the intensity that you're going through these exercises, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I apologize maybe- for the, for the dog in the background. <laughs> I, it's, it's like, it's like perfect. Every time we do an episode, somebody comes over the house for my wife for the nanny yeah. or whatever the case might be. And, and the dog goes nuts. It's yeah. great. We got to get it in at least once. <laughs> but yeah. And it's like working with working with the body you have today, but as the coach, the coach has got to meet the mom where she's at and being able to identify, okay, maybe she's mourning today. Maybe she really wants to feel powerful. And instead of doing, you know, power snatches with the rest of class, maybe she's doing the functional progression and working on behind the neck jerks with an empty barbell, you know, um, mm-hmm. some, something along those lines to meet her where she's at so that she can embrace this queen in training mindset. So how can a coach, right? If we take it now from the coach's perspective, how can a coach consciously empower that woman when she comes back into the gym? Right. I mean, like it's, 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 it's so hard. I don't think that people understand. I didn't understand until I had in-depth conversations with my wife, how hard it is to walk back into the room where you used to know who you are and what you could do. And now you're like a new person all over again. It was scary to join the gym in the first place. And now you're like, Oh man, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I'm capable of. I don't know what's going to hurt me. I'm kind of scared, but I also want to get back to who I was before strength and capacity wise. What do I do? And the coach has to understand that the person walking into the gym for the first time again is feeling that. So yeah. Do you have anything that you recommend coaches? Like, is there, is there a practice for them? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's okay to let the, the mom know or the woman know, Hey, I don't know how you feel, you know, but I'm, I want to work with you. I want to help support you. So maybe if you can tell me how you're feeling today or what you want to feel when you leave here, it's like identifying with feelings is huge. And mom's had to tune into so much feelings throughout her pregnancy. And those feelings aren't going away postpartum. But if the coach can acknowledge, hey, like I may not know what's going on here, but I want to meet you where you're at. And if all else fails, like strictly strength stuff. 
And strictly strength stuff means like no kipping, no like cycling through barbell work. It's like just the boring kind of accessory strength work that. Like the stuff that we prescribe. Yeah, like for sure. Start there. (laughs) Um, So I also want to just make sure that people know that dad, that's your responsibility too. Right. I mean, you know, you, you have to make sure that the 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 woman who just birthed your baby understands that you don't need her to have a six pack again tomorrow. Yeah, you know, like totally. she can she can aim to have it. I'm not suggesting that it's like oh you're never getting a six pack back, but yeah, you know let it come on her terms and her time. Um, and the other thing is I've had this conversation kind of like what you just discussed that coaches need to tell athletes I don't know how you feel today, and I want to help understand that and I want to get on your level as best I can. And some of the response that I get actually surprises me. Some coaches say, you really want me to try to do that for a single athlete when I have a room full of 15 people? And my answer <laughs> is always the same. It's like, only if you want to be great. Yeah. You know, so yeah, only, if you, only if you want to be a great coach, do you need to, to mind the single person going through something totally different than everybody else in the room? Yeah, um, that's so important. Lindsay, is there anything that, that I didn't give you the opportunity to talk about that mm-hmm. you feel like... I should have. Huh. I don't. Well, we touched on a bit, like uh, how we kind of have our views on pregnancy and postpartum, just backwards in our country. But you know, I think um, the birth experience is huge, and if we started to acknowledge that and respect that a little more, I think that would go a long ways as far as like supporting the women and supporting the family and bringing this life into this world. And, you know, I, I think, um, I I think birth is rad. I think, uh, women are, they're super powerful creatures and I'm just excited to see where things go in the future, because I think there's going to be a lot of change and shift happening. I hope so. I hope so. And I hope that it, you guys, it, it starts with you. It really like yeah. it really does because it's it becomes easier for for the woman to have the conversation about what she's feeling if she knows that the guy isn't going to judge her for it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's important. And even I don't want to get let the women off the hook, right? There's other women who are, you know, oh totally birth shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. so you gotta be more willing to meet somebody at that level and understand that they might take longer to get back than you think you would or than you did. Totally. Everybody's healing timeline is different. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just physical, it's also emotional and spiritual. And, you know, at birth, we look at like, we're preparing the mind, body and soul for this motherhood transition, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that looks like for you as an individual. So I think that we talked about a lot of really good stuff here. <laughs> I think that there's a lot for people to take in. Everything that we talked about to me has like layer on top of layer on top of layer on yeah. it. So we talked a little bit about where people can find you already that came up organically, but, but where can people find you as a closing? Like, okay, you're looking for Lindsay yeah. or, or her cohorts. You're going to find them where? Yeah. So birthfit.com. If you're looking for a regional director, you can click on the regional director tab and they're the ones that are licensed to host birth fit classes or series around in their area. Um, if you're looking for referrals like birth fit coach or a birth fit professional, you would just click on the birth fit referral tab at the top as well. Um, 
and then yeah we're on instagram twitter everything as birth fit um so yeah you can find us there check out our podcast lots of good information there um yeah awesome if you got any questions don't hesitate to ask i love it and, and yeah. but, but if you're not hesitating to ask a question you need to be willing to do what the answer to that question is right <laughs> yeah. i had to schedule this out two weeks in advance you're busy so if somebody's going to ask for your time they need yeah. to be willing to do what you ask them to do with their time for sure for sure time is valuable we all we all are learning that <laughs> yeah the hard way yeah <laughs> as for I, have, sure. I have a Two and a half year old downstairs screaming, let it go. That's her. She's singing. Yeah, she thinks she's singing. She's she's also, she sings the same words every single time. Let it go, let it go, let it go, <laughs> let it go. 15 minutes. I away. love that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have this up soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Active Life Podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you head to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating so that we can grow and reach and help more people. If you're looking for more from me and my team, head to performancecarerx.com. All the help you're looking for is right there. Until next time, guys, I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch, and the process is the goal.